0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Vogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Well, we've been processing these things and our leadership is praying for all of us. And so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Joe. Boy, it's always you on the other side of that table. I know. Yeah. Not
1: always. You, you should get well, more that's in, true. You should get more interesting guests. You know, I- <laughs> if I if I was you,
0: I would book this thing out very differently. I would uh, <laughs> You know. Challenge accepted. Uh, <laughs> suddenly, this is mixed messages without Jeff Bogue. There you and go. Then we'll just continue to move along. I would listen. <laughs> um, well, we have um, a listener submitted question for today. And um, I'm actually going to read a chunk of their story. They kind of gave us, I think, some great. Background here, and I want to kind of fill you guys in because I think it helps a lot. So, I said I listened to your recent podcast about anger, and for those of you listening, that was at the end of December. And I have a follow up question. So, they've been divorced after lots of years of marriage, and they have two girls that are teenagers. And their ex wife was agreeable to the divorce, and also agreed to the separation of things like the assets, property, stuff like that. Uh, Our our marriage was full of challenges. I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, It was toxic, and it was filled with substance abuse, infidelity, unresolved childhood issues from physical abuse and other secrets, and ending the marriage was their best course of action um, for both us and our daughters. Well, there's a lot of healing opportunities in the aftermath. I've moved on in my life, and actually I have a new relationship, and she's now the love of my life. My ex-wife, though, is full of anger for so many things that happened during our marriage and also on how I've moved on in a way that she thinks is too quickly. I believe it's fully within her right to be angry, yet um, she appears to have the perspective that it's my job to fix everything for her because she's directing all of her anger towards me and she thinks it's justified. While it might be justified, she's lashing out at me and I don't think that is justified. Being somewhat new to Grace Church, I've been attending weekly since this fall. I'm still really learning what it means to be a Christ follower, and I want to live in alignment with Jesus in all the areas of my life. So here's my question. How can I best follow the guidance of Jesus in this situation? I, I know she's hurting. I know I'm a, a, a source of anger for her, and I know that she has unresolved matters from her childhood. She's pro- projecting a lot of that, but I can't say that to her because she resists going there. I also know it's not my job to fix it or to enable all of this, so I just want to know what are some of the best ways to show her empathy and compassion in this instance without being overly righteous. It's a big question, Jeff. It is a big question. <laughs> so how do we? Na- <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on Mixed Messages. <laughs> how do we navigate that, Jeff? That's that's pretty rough. It is, and uh, some
1: of my answers might might be helpful to our friend, uh, some he may not like. Um, so we'll just go for it, I suppose. Let's but it. the do if, if he was coming into my office and telling me this story, um, I would say the very first thing I would say to him is, I want to talk to your ex-wife. Mm. And um, I want to know from her perspective um, whether her anger is justified or not so there and I would and this is a little bit of a rabbit trail but I would just say to anybody there's there's always two sides of a coin and, sure. I, and I am in no way saying that this listener is manipulating or lying I'm not trying to say that at all what I'm saying is when I get in a fight with Heidi I'm really really sure she's wrong <laughs> yeah. right and until Until I come to the point of being able to hear her or if somebody else has to interpret us to each other, because she's really positive it's my fault, too. (laughs) Sure. Right? So when I'm hurt or emotional or angry, my perspective narrows strongly, and my justification of my own thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors becomes very strong. Right? Now... I want to say again, I do not think that this person is lying or manipulating or anything like that. I don't have any ill toward that. I'm just like, but that's the very first thing.
0: At a because, minimum, they can color in some gaps. At cor- a minimum.
1: Correct. And and it would, the whole story would deeply affect my answers, mm-hmm. right? So this is just in response to this question yep, here. Yep, Absolutely. The second thing that I would say, so, and I'll, I'll get to like try to help you here in a minute, but the second thing I would say is at, if you are now a Christ follower, uh-huh. um, if you have become a Christ follower, that is wonderful and amazing. And I absolutely love it. As a Christ follower, the very first thing I would want you to do is to go back and see if we can save this marriage. Mm. Um, because I don't, I don't really care about paperwork. So you say, well, the divorce is finalized. That's paperwork. I, I care about the covenant. And so it, is there any hope? Is there any desire? Is, there, is, is the dynamic... Redemption and rebirth that Christ has done in your life could that be brought to bear on this original relationship, so that we could um, see uh, a father and a husband uh, redeem and and heal and help his wife. And and I know that that the answer to that usually when I say that is, is like you, Jeff, you got to be kidding me! Like it was so ugly. So, I will introduce you to the people right. that God has done that with. There, there is no such thing as a dead marriage, and God is the God of a resurrection. Now, there are justified reasons for divorce, even biblically. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about infidelity, and and I don't know all that toxic means, it's kind of a broad term, but uh, there are absolutely uh, times where a spouse has the freedom to make a decision. Infidelity, I would say abuse, abandonment, those Mm -hmm. kind of things. So... (laughs) I don't I don't know this, you know, I don't know this whole story. So this husband who's writing the question might have the freedom to say, "Jeff, before the Lord, I don't want to re- try to revive my marriage." And I would look and say, "I think you have that decision." Or the wife might be able to say it. But I would say as a Christ follower, at a minimum, you would go and investigate that, right? And if you look at me and say that's impossible, then I would say, well, I need to introduce you to this family who walks into this church every week with their kids, yeah. <laughs> right? And it's a, re- it's a remarriage after divorce kind of thing. So that I just want to put that down as like a, a baseline, like th- there are two sides to a coin, and then there is the redeeming and the resurrection power of Christ, mm-hmm. and... There are freedoms within Christ when infidelity, abuse, abandonment—the the the abandonment of the covenant—is how I would say it. Um, where a spouse can say, "I love what God's done in their life, but I I am not willing to live through this again," or "I gave that a try three years ago and I don't want to do that again." But I would definitely start there if if we were sitting in my office and I was being asked this question. Yep. If that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, now, with all of that kind of as a caveat, and I don't mean it as like a—I'm not like trying to cover—it's not the fine print yep, of nope. the pastor's answer. It's like, I believe this stuff. It is very hard. It is very difficult. It is—you really put yourself out there to experience pain— but I have seen God do this uh, more than once, and I ca- I can literally have you sit down with the families that this is this has happened to here at Grace Church. Yep. Okay, so with all of that kind of out there as a preface, what you're talking about really is you're talking about how do I love an enemy? Mm-hmm. So my ex-wife has now become my enemy, and. Um, assuming that this is all the the whole and accurate picture, and I actually hear a lot of that in his question. He's being sympathetic about her background and being sympathetic about the pain in her life, and um, I I think he's even taking responsibility. You know, so I like I said, none of this is looking at this this listener saying you know I got a problem with him. So what I hearing here is like. I have sympathy. I have empathy for my wife, my ex-wife. Um, I have moved on. She holds anger toward me. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is, is this. Your wife went from being your wife and your helpmate to your enemy. And whether that's from her decision or yours or more than likely both of you, now she sits in that position where, where she would have been uh, thought of and counted on as an ally. Now all of those rights and privileges have been surrendered. You're now asking the question, how do I love an enemy? And Jesus would say, uh, the way that you would love yourself. You love a neighbor the way that you love yourself. You love an enemy the way that you love yourself. So the grace... The patience, the understanding, the forgiveness, the willingness to bear burdens that you would be frustrated that she is not willing to do for you. You, through the power of Christ in your life and through the support of God's people, you do that for her, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, He said, you know, I moved on. I found somebody who's loved my life. Well, of course she's irate about that. (laughs) Sure. Sure. I I would be, right? Uh, she's like uh, 15 years and two children and y- you f- you fall in love, you know, a few months later and move on and like I'm just here. And 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 so that is that's going to inflame a situation. That's going to uh, inflame an emotion, regrets, blah blah blah. And as an as an enemy then you're looking and saying there are boundaries, right? Uh, there are, there are uh, issues of trust and relational changes. But my love for you is I will lay down my life to help Jesus make sense to you. So I will endure your anger. I will bear your burden. I will respond to your uh, attacks with grace and mercy and compassion, and I will do that within parameter. You know, you you can't call me up and f bomb me all night. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a parameter there, and for those parameters, I would seek wise counsel. I would sit down with some of your pastors or uh, your life group leaders and say, "Hey, help me help me figure out how to express love to this enemy of mine."
0: Mm-hmm. That's. Uh... That's excellent. <laughs> um, just the need to make sure that we're taking a lot of that past into, the, into account and figure out um, <clears throat> what is it that I'm actually dealing with here, because I think our culture wants to um, kind of wrap stereotypes like an ex-spouse into a box and say, well, this is how you treat them, and let's move on. And Christ does not call us to that.
1: Yeah, I was. There was a, I don't know if it's still a thing or not, but there was a— uh uh, a trend there for a while where people were having divorce celebrations and like they'd get divorced and they would go out with their girlfriends or their guy friends and they would have a party and uh that i remember one time that was uh happening from someone within our church and i called them i said this is absolutely wrong god god grieves uh-huh. this is the this is a death mm-hmm uh-huh. You know, we don't have We don't celebrate death. We grieve it. We celebrate the life. Yep. But we're, you know, when we have a funeral, we celebrate someone's life. We don't celebrate the fact they're finally dead. Right. Right. You know, and so getting God's heart on that, God looks at marriage as a sacred bond. Uh, between a man and a woman. It is not a political institution. It's not a legal institution. State of Ohio has nothing to do with you being married. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to do with how you file your taxes. Right. That's why any anybody who wants to can get a marriage license uh, ordained online, and it's a joke. Yep. A Christian marriage is a covenant that was meant for life, and that's why God hates divorce it grieves him mm-hmm. when one or both of those parties break that covenant so if i am one of those parties and i want to have a heart like jesus's heart mm-hmm. i look at my ex-spouse and i look at them through the lenses of grief and compassion and even if i was responsible for it i look through it for at through sympathy and through regret that doesn't mean that I never marry again. I, I don't think I believe that. It, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that uh, they can't be happy and I can't be happy. Um, what it means is that I approach this divorce with a sobriety, and then I approach that person that I probably sinned against, probably, and, and I approach them with a compassion. And yeah. there's there's no celebrating that and. And and then your children, like the children, are better off. No, they're not. That, that's not true. That no. the children would be better off if mom and dad could have both walked with the Lord and and lived in light of their covenant. Yeah. Um. Now somebody might say, "Well, it was an abusive situation." I'm like, "I got you. The children are safer. Uh, the children are protected." But it's not God's ideal. So. When when I've walked people through that, you've done this too, Joe, Mm -hmm. over the years. When you walk people through that, it's a grieving process, and and, um, usually that the spouse that has—if the spouse who has to go for the divorce loves Jesus, it breaks their heart they're not using the children as a weapon they're not trying to keep the children away from their mother or their father they're trying to make all that they're trying to get it as close to god's idea as possible while getting it away from something that's dangerous or toxic or uh-huh. you know an infidelity those kind of things so it this whole thing is sad and that grief and that compassion when when you're looking at this question of like, what do I do with her anger? I'm like, you love her and you have compassion on her. Now she's like a neighbor, uh-huh. or or like um, the the person who was uh, beaten by the in the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, uh, so you, the neighbor is the one that you have comp- has compassion. Um, but you're going. The, the bottom line is. You surre- when you divorced, you surrendered all of your rights to fix her and to speak into her life. She's not your wife. Yep. So she doesn't have to listen to you. So what that means is that now I have to bear that burden coming from somebody
0: else. So Jeff, if we put some of this into real time, because that is so helpful and so good, but what do we do maybe in between some of this long-term solution? So he mentioned, for instance, she's really been lashing out at him. Mm-hmm. How does he respond in that moment? Uh,
1: don't respond. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't trust what she's doing, don't meet her privately. Uh, don't go to her home, meet in a public place. If it's a violent thing, get the authorities involved. Um if it 's online, you get the authorities involved, you know you or you block her she the the person lashing out will eventually be seen for what they are, and so this is the idea of turning the other cheek like i'm like, go ahead, I remember one time this is long, long time ago I had um somebody very very angry at me at the church, and they had actually. Uh, we used to have a church directory with everybody's pictures and addresses in it, which is, sounds weird today, it but we, we did it back then. And uh, they actually took one of those directories and uh, wrote everybody in the church and told them what a jerk I was. So I was so upset and so hurt and frustrated, and uh, I was a youth pastor back working under Pastor Bob back then. And I went to him. I said, what am I supposed to do? And I never, I never forget what he said to me. He said, hold your head high. Don't lash out and the truth will set you free. Hmm. The truth will come out. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm like it didn't happen f- as fast as I wanted it to happen. It didn't happen in all the ways that I wanted it to happen. But the, but the truth always reveals itself, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the Bible says our sins will find us out. Sin always goes to the surface. It's always, it always is exposed. So by me not participating in that, right, um, the, the, another uh, word picture that the Bible would use is you heap coals of kindness upon their head. So you serve her. You help her. You pitch in for her. She lashes out at you. Don't say a word. Right? Your kids will figure that out. Don't badmouth her yeah. to your children. And if it, if it's violent or something like that, you of course you get you call the police or you get a social worker involved and those kind of things. You have to you have to use some wisdom with it. Um, I wouldn't go to her house. I wouldn't go inside. You know, I'd be out where everybody can see it, and I wouldn't necessarily go up there with your phone camera running. You know, but if it was bad enough, I might. Yep. You know, but I would just, I would use, I'd be savvy in those kind of things without being responsive.
0: That's really helpful. Which is
1: hard. <laughs> Every <laughs> everything I just said is unbelievably hard. And you're, and you're, listen, you're talking to a very mouthy guy right now. So I, I'll mouth off before I even think about what I'm saying. Um, so I understand that, but that is the path Jesus would take when he was accused he would not defend himself
0: yeah and the more time that this listener spends digging into the heart of Christ the more possible that becomes that's and, right. and that's one of the things you know he was asking is I'm really still learning what it means to be a Christ follower but I want to live more in alignment with him well that is um Almost as simple as well. Then get in alignment with him, spend time with him, and yep. walk alongside him.
1: So read James chapter one verses one through eight, yep, and where it says, "Count it pure joy, as my brother, whenever we face trials of many kind." And then it goes on from there. Uh, go through and read from Jesus's arrest in mm-hmm. the garden uh, through his crucifixion, and go read it and look at and look at his responses. He would not defend himself when he was falsely accused. Yep. Go read in Peter where Peter says, uh, why do you think it's strange that you're being persecuted for godliness, yeah. right? So if you want to know the heart of Christ, like I would go to those kind of passages, and then the logic that comes out of those passages is that we would
0: respond in those ways. That's excellent. Well, I hope, um <clears throat> listener, that you submitted this question. I've been kind of silently praying for you as we navigated this. I hope this was helpful. And of course, um, as Jeff said, it's not, um, okay, that's it. Good luck, you know, but it is the beginning of this process of really figuring out how to respond in godliness. And uh, there's just so much, so much there. Well, if we can continue to help you, obviously uh, feel free to reach out, or if you find yourself in a similar situation, we'd love to help walk you through that. And if you have any questions you'd like to be addressed here, you can submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash messages And if you want to hear more of what's going on in this podcast, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review us online. If you are looking for a church home, um, we would love to have you join us here at Grace Church. As a matter of fact, this listener closed out their question with, finding my way to Grace Church is one of the greatest gifts I've received this year. And so um, like we, we want to be that family, that community where you can continue to grow closer with Jesus together. And so if you're looking for that, you can join us online or in person. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all these mixed messages around us. See you next time.